In this episode, I'm talking with Solomon Sanders. He's a prolific artist and creator of hobby. We're talking about a lot of things, but centrally about how Solomon converts discarded fragments of graphic design that would have turned into trash into art. Enjoy. project or i mean now i know the yeah. answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah i pretty much answered that like it's just an extension of um, the art that i do but just on a clothes like a clothing basis mm. just because like i also am, like really into like clothing and vintage clothing so it's nice to sell like a t-shirt or something that's usable instead of like a piece that you could hang on a wall or something like that. I feel like if you can get use out of it, I kind of find that more appealing. So you like like functionalism in art? Yeah, definitely functionalism art for sure. I'm really into that. And also like my art's not very conceptual. Like mm. it can be like I have a concept that I, it kind of makes me feel or things that it triggers in me, but it's more open for interpretation from the viewer like i'm not out there like saying what this means to me i'd rather have them interpret it in their own way and and if it's something basic and not very deep then that's fine and if it's a little more deeper Mm. then i'm cool with that too Hmm. so is there even like a reason why uh the brand or your kind of like artist name would be hobby like how did that how did that come up as the word um i well i used to do like a little clothing company in high school with a friend called four five called four mm. five and i always thought it was nice to name a company or something after something that doesn't really stick you into one category you can kind of be like applied to anything right like i can apply the word hobby onto any imagery and it'll make sense or won't clash so i always thought of a word that i actually got the word from a collage that i did it was just like a cutout and it had this word hobby in it and it was like just a collage that i made and i always looked at it and liked it and i i just liked the word it just fit with my things that i'm into i'm into like tool imagery and just random imagery that kind of fits along the hobby the hobby name so you could make like hobby kitchenware and it would fit. Yeah, I can make hobby anything and it would kind of uh, work with it and not clash. Mm. So I like so, that, yeah. Yeah, so what are your hobbies outside of, you know, your brand and whatnot? Well, I just bought a house like a year ago. So that's like mm. been a main one, like fixing that up and just doing little little things around the house, working on the backyard. Um, I'm also really into vintage um, I right. do a lot of like vintage reselling, but I also like collecting. I'm kind of a hoarder in some aspects, <laughs> but it's like kind of controlled. Uh, I like to collect like toys, old toys, and random prints and things like that. But do you still work at the Repurpose Project? Yeah, yeah, I've been there for I think it's almost been like five years now. Mm. So that's another like huge aspect of my art. I get a lot of inspiration from there and imagery and just seeing all these random things come in constantly. Right. It's a, it's a nice place to work for someone like me. Right. And and it's almost, it's almost in, in a way kind of like a, a physical version of the art that you do, because it's a lot of stuff that people would see as trash 
that is mm-hmm. getting reused to make you know new things. Yeah, like it's almost like the bottom of the bucket as far as like uh, items cycle until it gets bought or reused for another reason. But it's almost its last chance to either be trashed or purchased right. by someone and loved. Yeah. Mm. Do you still skate? Yeah, I do. Um, I really haven't been doing it as much as I used to just because I feel like it hasn't really been, been like as organic as it used to be, like living with friends that skated or... Right. I mean, in Gainesville, the, the skate scene kind of fluctuates a lot just because it's such like a transient town. Right. So we'll have like a really good crew of people that we skate with and then they'll move, like slowly move away like one by one. Mm. But now it's kind of like building up again. There's a new like youth crew that's in town and it's kind of nice to skate with them. But yeah, I try and like film and skate as much as I can, but I also work a lot and kind of, uh, I try and make it out a few days a week to skate, but. Right. Cause that seemed to be something to me that influenced, you know, your artwork outside of, um, outside of kind of nostalgic graphics would be stuff like, I mean, obviously like skate culture. Yeah, I'm all, I'm like super into, even if I'm not like skating as much as I used to, I'm really into like the history and even just like the current skateboarding, um, just the new kids coming out, but um, definitely a skate nerd in those aspects. Right. Yeah. And you can take this as a compliment if you want, but I was under the impression that hobby like wasn't even just like a, a solo operation. Like I thought it was something you did with a few more people, but it's all you. Yeah, it's all me. I have like a team that I sponsor. Right. So there's like probably like three or four people in Gainesville and then a few other people like spread throughout Florida. But yeah, I make everything, print everything and film everything pretty much. I'm like super particular so, I mean, it would be nice to have some people to help out, but I'm very picky on how I think, like, things to look, and so it's hard for me. Right, so it's kind of, like, by necessity. Like, like there's no one else who could do your job for you. Yeah, like, there's no one that I would trust with, like, my eye or my, um, my like, um, my, like, standards. Mm. or how I want it to be. Like I, when I used to do that clothing company in Fort Myers with a friend in high school, it was weird having a partner because either I was putting in a lot of work and he wasn't, or he was putting in more work and I wasn't. And we would like have different ways we wanted to run it or different imagery we wanted to use. And it was kind of a learning experience for me. And I'm glad to have like a sole control over hobby and not have to like ask anyone or go through anyone if I want to make anything, I can just do it. Right. And so how interested, yeah, nice. yeah, how interested are you in doing like collaborative stuff then? If, if that, I mean, obviously you say that was kind of a learning experience, but it doesn't seem like something you want to repeat. Yeah. I mean, I like to do collaborations. Like I just did one with uh, an Orlando skateboard company. We're called Mosby and we just like a board graphic together. Um, but I've done other ones in the past, but, um, I think it's cool, but I feel like people do collaborations a little too much, especially nowadays, Mm. and it doesn't really seem as organic as it should be. Right. 
Okay. That's kind of... yeah, when you do yeah. when you do like a collaboration, it should be bringing you out of your comfort zone and either creating something that you don't usually do yourself or like in a different way. But uh, mm. I feel like most of the time it's just kind of like you bring two graphics together and put your guys' name on it and then that's the collaboration, <laughs> which doesn't really seem like right worth it <laughs> almost. Right. So, so you're saying it's kind of when, when collaborations happen in modern streetwear, it's more for like brand association than it is for like the actual like artwork. Yeah. It's more just like trying to like spread your guys' brand to each, each other's platforms or something like that. Hmm. Which doesn't seem genuine. But do you think selling art kind of like that devalues it in a way? Because the only reason that they're doing that kind of, as far as I could see, would just be to make more money, right? Like to yeah, expand their reach. Yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I saw that, I'd kind of see through it and probably not be interested. Right, right. <laughs> so one of the things that, I mean, I like about a lot of the work that you do is like you keep your, you keep your products like pretty cheap, but like, do you ever think that having to sell your art devalues it at all? Yeah, I mean, I do like to keep it cheap just because it's nice because I make everything myself so I can control how much I put into it. So I'm not having someone else print it for me and I'm getting the the blanks for really cheap so I can have that control. And I mean, it does devalue it if you make a large amount, I feel like. But if you keep it to a certain minimum, then it can keep its authenticity and its value, even if the value is low. Mm. and just the quality of it too it's like the quality definitely keeps makes it keep the value but yeah i've right. always kind of felt weird about selling art but it's like clothing makes it feel a little less weird mm. to me mm. no that that definitely makes sense um as as far as like selling art though like where do you think hobbies going to kind of extend to because right now your work centers primarily around like screen printing uh, obviously yeah. like skate deck designs but like where do you think you'll go with it like hobby hardware like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i'm pretty comfortable with where it is right now i don't know when it's like uncontrollable or like giving more me more stress than it already is but um i mean i'm comfortable sticking with clothing mainly Mm. and kind of expanding doing little side projects when I want to but I think the basis is going to be in clothing maybe right. but it's something that stresses you out yeah I mean it, at some points it does I mean if you're like as an artist there's things where they're not it's not happening how I want it to or it's not looking like how I want it to or there's ideas that I have and I want them to be executed in a certain way mm. and once that is executed in the way i like then i can enjoy it and i can see that other people are enjoying it that's kind of what makes me keep doing it but i mean it's always on my mind like that's the one thing that's kind of weird about it like i'm always thinking about like oh should i use this for hobby or should i do this and like every time i'm seeing something new i'm kind of like seeing how i can incorporate that so it kind of consumes your life. Almost to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm always thinking about it and like wanting to improve it, even if it's something small. So it's like, it's always on my mind. 
Do you ever feel like you're not done with your work when you put it out? Because I know like that's a problem a lot of people have is like they never feel like what they're what they're putting out is perfect. I mean, I, like I feel like when I used to do it, maybe a few years ago, I'd put out stuff that maybe wasn't up to my like top standards. But lately, I felt pretty comfortable with what I've been putting out, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's up to my standards. Mm. And I feel like it's finished when I put it out. I want it to be finished. If it's not finished, then I won't release it or I'll work on it some more or adjust it here and there to make it right. Right. So you never just like press just because, I don't know, do you even like set deadlines for yourself to do drops? No, but I usually try and like um, at least get a good amount of items together before I do like an online drop. But I do a lot of like stuff locally too. So I bring like random pieces, but I'm always kind of, I don't ever really ever sell out of this stuff because I'm always working on the pieces that I have. Like sometimes I'll have a shirt that's only half printed for a year and then I'll finally have an image that I want to add to it or I've kind of figured out what would make it work and with what's on it already. Do you think that's a benefit of kind of doing, you kind of have like monochromatic designs, right? Like you don't, you don't put like a ton of like full color graphics. Out. Yeah, so I, I work with my limitations. So like, I only have like a one color. I only do like one color prints at a time. Mm. So I can't really do too many colors. So I work with what I can with my tools that I have. So yeah, simple line stuff. Um, just stuff that can be replicated with screen printing fairly easily. Mm. But is doing your art, you mentioned that it can be stressful, but is it ever like cathartic? Do you ever feel like, you know, like now I'm now I'm done and like this is out and I feel good about it? Yes, but it's very short-lived. Mm. And it's kind of like on to the next almost. Right. Because even like looking back on stuff that I made like half a year ago or a year ago, it's like changed, like my style has changed, so... I kind of look down on that stuff just because I'm keeping like I'm moving forward with my personal tastes and preferences. Mm. So it keeps changing constantly. Like, what do you mean? Like, like the kind of, as an example, like the Chanel piece. Oh, the fake Chanel. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's definitely things about that 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 I probably wouldn't do nowadays, but I'm also, that one's pretty funny. I like yeah, that. I, I'm a, that I, I like I like bootleg stuff too. <laughs> What's your favorite one that you put out with this last drop, with this closest drop now? Um, I just did one. It's got like an uh, old graphic, like this school chair graphic that I used to use mm. a lot with a horse on top of it. Right. And I liked that a lot because it was like bringing like an old image. So I almost thought I retired. <laughs> And um, brought it back with a new image. Right. It's cool because with all my graphics that I've done through the screens, I keep all my old screens. So I have like an archive of Mm. every image that I've ever made so I can mix my old with my new if it works. How big of a pile is that pile of screens? Uh, It's a good closet. It's probably like, (laughs) like 20 screens or something. Okay. At this point, yeah. 
I really like the insect piece you did. Um, oh, thank you. That one was cool. It's no it has problem. like the little, uh, the little drill bit inside yeah. the graphic. Yeah. In a way, though, you kind of make things. Even though you talk a lot about like simple line graphics, like you you end up making something that's kind of complex out of them, right? Like you have like, for example, like on the insects tee, you have hobby on the sleeve, you have insects on the front, and then you have I think ants on the back, right? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to make it like it's simple if you think about it, but it's like the little details that make it a little more um, complex. Mm. So you would say it's like a bunch of little things that add up to like a like a f- complete whole. Yeah, if it's like the small details that'll make a piece almost like just the little things that you add can make mm. it just that much better. Are you still doing like art shows at all? I haven't done one in a while just because of COVID, but um, right. That's kind of what I mean. Before, like people really did like pop ups. Like when I first moved to Gainesville, it's like the art shows were almost like a pop up for me because I would organize them and get a big group of people together and. I could also sell like clothing or, and people could sell their art at the art shows also. But I used to have, well, you went there to that moisturizer gallery. Yeah. I used to have a studio space in there and that was cool because we could just put shows on whenever we wanted mm. in that front room. But um, since moving here in 2012, there used to be a lot more art galleries and spaces where you could show work, but it's dwindled down a lot since then. Do you think that's kind of a problem with, uh, is it, well, actually, what do you think that's caused by? I mean, there's no money in it really. Right. As far as like, uh, the location, unless they have some other type of profit, um, right. in, like source or income source that they can fall back on. Hmm. Right. Cause it's just like an empty space that they're renting out. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> right but do you ever plan on i mean i think you plan on doing them in the future yeah 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 for sure um about the moisturizer gallery is still like available for shows when they they decide to start doing them again right and then um i mean we used to do house shows a lot mm. uh, which was fun when right. we lived like over by uf we had like this two-story house and which have our friends hang all their art on the wall and that was kind of more organic in that sense but yeah i mean i haven't really been making like art pieces like i used to been more focused on the hobby side of it but there are definitely Mm. some things i still want to make just for right non-clothing purposes yeah yeah but like even when you were doing art shows it was kind of non-traditional because like most of the time when you think of like like art shows there's not like a like something like a live dj right <laughs> yeah so we like to keep it a little different and like even like hanging the art we have to keep it like a like salon style where it's not just like one piece one piece one piece it's all mixed together and you can incorporate different elements into it and keep it a little more loose Right. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, the art shows are fun, but the party is also fun at the same time. Mm. It's kind of an excuse to have a party, but also, 
have art and art show and like have all your friends and it just brings people. That's what I was going to say. It almost seems like, like your art show wasn't so reminiscent of an art show, even though it obviously was, it felt more like a party. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's nice. Cause like not everybody's going to go to an art show. Right. To see art, but everyone's going to go to the party and they're going to happen to see the art and hopefully support the artist either there by buying something or in the future or even just following them on, on Instagram or just connecting with them. Hmm. So that always helps. But you would never just, would you do something like put like, I don't know, some of the designs you do for hobby, like in like a gallery or something like that? Do you, do you find that appealing at all? Yeah, but it probably wouldn't be like, uh, like hobby affiliated. It'd be more my name on it. Right. But, um, I mean, I could still even use some of the graphics and it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have to have like hobby on it. I'd rather have it be like an extension of me. Mm. So you obviously put a lot of thought into your designs and your work, um, but how much thought do you put into kind of your advertising side of things? I feel that's like a lot more sporadic and kind of mm. just like I'll randomly have an idea and kind of... Um, try and make it happen as quickly as possible because that's something that's definitely weird for me like that side of it advertising and promotion mm. it's a little it's a little harder for me to um, perfect that side of the thing do you almost wish that there wasn't a business side at all yeah it'd be nice if someone else ran the business side of it <laughs> <laughs> and i could just make the stuff and like they could just deal with shipping it out and that whole uh, ordeal but it's funny because even those type of things like shipping and learning that side of it has kind of influenced my work also and my respect for like people at the post office and that culture and just waiting in line at the post office right and stuff like that which is like i like the i like those simple things that mm. but they influence it for sure yeah, like the, like the we we deliver for hobby shirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I would be in the post office and people would just be getting pissed in line, like getting mad at the post office workers. And it's like, what do you want from them? Like they're doing the best they can. Right, and it's, it's funny because yeah, it's funny because there'll be like one person like like working some days, and then like there'll just be like a line of twenty people, and it's like, how do you expect this one person? yeah to, it's like to, they have no funding and all this shit and it's like god like what do you expect right right sway in line <laughs> <laughs> hmm. but you also like you also do deliveries for yourself right like you're not just like kind of like you obviously have no logistics team right no no i just do everything myself how do you decide how much of something you're gonna make right because you, um, you don't make, like, hundreds of each design, right? Like No, not, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually it's around, like, however many I can fit on my table to, like, dry. So when I print, I can mm. usually only fit, like, 10 to 20 items to dry on my table. So that's kind of the amount that I do. But I can recreate anything whenever I want. So even if I make 10 at this time, in the future I can make... 20 more if I want to if the graphic is selling well or 
people mm. are wanting it or something. Or I can just do like a one-off if someone if someone wants something special. Are you ever concerned like about hobby kind of like expanding and getting like bigger than you can like manage to do it? Or are you just always going to try to keep hobby like as a small, uh, like kind of like a small organization? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be, I would like to keep it small. I mean, financially it'd be cool if it like blew up or whatever, but I don't think it would keep its authenticity and I wouldn't be able to control it as much as I would like. Mm. So you're not trying to. I, I kind of like yeah. it. Yeah, I kind of like to just keep it personal and small. Mm. So you're not trying to, because that's something that's kind of struck me about your work is like, it's streetwear, but it doesn't have like that whole hype culture feel. Yeah, and that's what I'm afraid would happen if it got too big. It would kind of lose that um, aspect of it. But I mean, it'd be nice, like if everything like sold out every time I posted something. But I feel like as long as I keep doing my thing and kind of posting on Instagram, that always helps. And there's a lot of people just through Instagram that have been like big supporters. And it's cool at the time that we're living in, we have that platform to like expand for free, has like free advertising. Right. Yeah. How, How do you think hobby would have been like if it came up in like the 90s? It'd probably be, yeah. I mean, it might be the same, but it'd be a lot harder to make financial gain off of it, Mm. which is not my end goal, but it definitely is a motive in some aspects. What's kind of like your end goal in terms of, I don't know, like is employment even something that's like important to you in that, in that aspect, or is it just like keep creating that type of thing? Yeah, I think just keep creating. And as long as it, fulfills me and makes a little bit of money to help out then i'm fine with that i'm pretty comfortable working a normal job i enjoy it and it's like it it's like i remember in the past i would always struggle with like i was working too much or it's working too little and like if i was working too little i kind of start getting into like a, a depression and if i was working too much it's like the same thing like a depression mm-hmm. but i feel like lately i've found a really good balance with my work schedule at repurpose and also having this little side hustles that I can do and to keep me busy. Right. So I'm happy where I am right now. That's one of the weirdest things. Cause I know what you mean about like what happens when you like work too little and you just like, I don't, I don't know if it's like boredom or what it is, but you just like, you start feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. I like coming home and like being tired and worn out from the day. Mm. I'm just like laying down and that's like, I like that feeling and I mean not every day but it definitely feels right. good to put in a good day's work right but then there's also like those days where you'll be working until you go to sleep and it's kind of miserable yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been doing like these uh clean outs of these apartments that they're tearing down by uf campus and right. uh, we had to take these like refrigerators and ovens down this three-story building uh down this the, the skinny stairway right and it was it killed me but it's over now <laughs> how, how do you feel about the kind of the feel of Gainesville because like obviously you talked about uh, kind of the art spaces but like how do you feel about like all of the giant apartments coming up yeah it sucks <laughs> it's yeah that's where we were it's like the, this whole road by UF is getting 
all these old apartments are getting bulldozed to build some new apartments. Um, yeah, all the restaurants weird. too. Yeah, it sucks. Hmm. Definitely that area has changed a lot. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that like Gainesville is going to kind of become like more metropolitan. And it's really weird because the only thing, typically the only thing that people come to Gainesville for is the school. Right? Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy that like the the school has become such like an economic force. That like yeah, it's, it sucks, <laughs> and it's so weird. Like, I mean, at least how it used to be like the UF school scene and the Gainesville scene were so like disconnected, right? And like where I ha- where I've been, like like I remember going to Tallahassee a few years ago, and it was completely different. Like the the school and everybody else were like so connected. Like they, there wasn't like a barrier, which I feel like there is with US. It's almost its own little world over there. Like they right. don't really have to come over to like the normal downtown scene or whatever. They're, they're comfortable in their little space. But it's kind of funny because like UF almost like is just keeps expanding that like kind of that scene for UF students, right? Like, yeah, yeah. They're just keeping it going to bring more people in. Yeah. It's right. Crazy. Sad. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering at like what point it's not even going to be called Gainesville anymore. And like, because if you look at how big the University of Florida is on the uh, like on a map, like it's just been like growing, growing and growing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that area is is done. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like where I kind of live, it's nicer. Cause I don't think that's going to happen at least for the next like. <laughs> it's just too far away so hopefully it won't happen for another like 20 or 50 years or something mm. you, th- you think even in like 20 or 50 years it might happen i mean i don't know <laughs> if it's worth it for them yeah have you ever thought about making something like a well actually i'm not sure have you ever made like short films like you obviously have like filmed uh, like yeah. skate clips and whatnot but like have you ever made like a, a full film um I've wanted to, but I feel like I'm very, like, um, it's hard for me to save the footage for, like, a full-on project. Like, I'd rather, like, keep putting out things consistently than, like, not put out stuff for a whole year and put out, like, a large project. Because nowadays, I feel like it's not as important as it used to be. Like, these small little clips almost get people more hyped than a 20 minute video that mm. could take like that much longer to make but do you still think that there's like a place for that type of stuff oh yeah for sure i definitely enjoy that a lot more just coming from like the old way of skating and skate culture and enjoying a whole video right. but at the same time it's it's hard to sit down and watch a 20 minute video yeah do you think your attention span has just gotten worse like just just as things have gone on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like everyone has. Hmm. So, like, what what have you done? Like a like a big big project, or is it has it always just been like putting things out in pieces? I mean, obviously you do your drops, right? But like besides that, or is that just like not something you're interested in? Yeah, it's mostly I've just done small little things, nothing too major. Um, I feel like it keeps it more enjoyable and more manageable when it's smaller. Mm. Right. I want to do like a full length video and like 
have it like skating based, but also like um, show like a lot of personality and the rider's personality and right, right. keep it like a mix between the two, but it's just a lot to do. So yeah, so like one of the kind of like, they don't really make that many videos like them anymore, but like kind of like the old skate videos where it's like you show not only the skating clips, but you, like you also show like, you know, musical venues that people are going to in, in their houses and so on. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and that kind of shows like the side of like the, the pro skater that you don't really see. But nowadays you see what everyone is like on their Instagram. So it's, it's harder to do that. Nah, but you see, already know. Yeah. Yeah, but you only see what like people want you to see. Like it's not yeah, like yeah, how they yeah. actually <laughs> are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the type of stuff I would want to show, like the weird clips or the weird footage that you kind of like, it kind of leaves you guessing almost or wondering still. Mm. Yeah. What's your relationship with 99? Um, yeah, David does that. Um, he's a good friend. Um, when he moved up here, he kind of did the similar route that I did. He went to Santa Fe and took the screen printing class. And I kind of, we kind of just reached out to each other through Instagram. He would come to my studio and I'd kind of show him my setup and show him how I do it. And he's, um, he's doing his thing. It's cool. It's cool because it's competition at, at the smallest point, but it's, it pushes me to make more and make my stuff better and make it to grow it. So it's nice. It's nice to have someone to almost compete with. Mm. So a friend, it's a friendly competition, <laughs> right? Like we're doing, we're doing a pop up together tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you feel like you really didn't have any competition before ninety nine? Not really. Mm. I was kind of doing like there were no, at least no one in Gainesville really, and I feel like screen printing wasn't as popular as it was back then. Right. But nowadays, everyone's kind of doing it, and I mean. I like it because, yeah, it pushes me to make better stuff. Mm. I don't get stuck in a rut where I'm, like, doing the same thing or not producing as much as I could be or, yeah. Right. Did you ever feel like you were getting stuck in kind of that place before? I mean, there's definitely times where I didn't put as much attention into it as I do now. But, yeah, I mean, there's times where I wasn't creating and it wasn't really like thinking about the next thing I wanted to do. How do you think like your art has influenced 99 or how has 99's art influenced yours if it has? I mean, we're in the same environment and we're around the same types of culture and influences as far as skating wise. So I feel like there could be some similarities seen in certain things, but um, I feel like lately he's been doing well with, finding things that um like things that i haven't done that he's doing you know like that like he's started doing like his patches and right he's been doing a lot of like sewing stuff so it's kind of nice for me to see that i like that mm. so you almost feel like you guys are starting to have like separate lanes almost um not separate lanes but it's we're finding our own I guess it could be separate lanes, but we're just like finding different things, but similar at the same time. Right. Just try not to step on each other's toes. 
Right, but you're never just like, oh, I'm going to copy that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm. What do you see as, like, next for hobby? Is just more drops, you know, more videos? Yeah, more I just, short clips? I just feel like <laughs> more, uh, I think, it's like, making the quality better. It's like I'm learning new things every day as far as printing and inks that I use and fabrics and the quality of the shirts and things like that mm. but yeah just keep keep producing and enjoy it mm. as much as i can <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i remember like at least the pieces i have from you um several of them like you copped are they thrifted blanks so i i used to try and only print on thrifted blanks right because i felt it like made it a little more unique and I was already out thrifting so I'd run into them all the time mm. but nowadays it's kind of harder to find them as it used to like it's not as easy as it used to be so I'd probably say it's like half and half I'll buy like new shirts now but I also try and rework old stuff too mm. it's just hard if I have like an idea and like a color of shirt I want to use I'm not going to be all fine like kind of the same vintage shirt i right. kind of have to buy something new mm. would you say that there's any artists in popular culture that you ha like use as inspiration or do you think like your your work is pretty individual because i haven't really seen anybody who makes stuff like you yeah but i definitely see things on instagram that influence me and give me ideas but i feel right. like a lot of my inspiration comes from vintage clothes and just vintage objects and imagery. Um, like Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. It's definitely <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and yeah, just like things from my past and things that I have good memories of. Right. And I feel like other people have good memories of too. What do you think is like the benefit of using like nostalgia in your work? Is it just because like other people have good memories of that stuff too? Yeah, like... Um, I feel like it makes people happy and it brings yeah back good memories and I yeah. enjoy it. So it's like the main thing. Mm. Yeah. Cause to me, it's almost like, like a cultural touchstone. Like when people, because like when people see like you wearing hobby, like they might not just like know that it's hobby. Obviously the people who know you probably know. Yeah. Right. But like if they see Yu-Gi-Oh, they're going to be like, Oh, you like Yu-Gi-Oh? Like it's like a, yeah, but it's another like layer to bring someone in and kind of like uh, like brings them in that can show the rest of what I have to offer. Almost. You ever want to do like a hobby Yu-Gi-Oh official collab? <laughs> <laughs> I was wanting to make some like uh, ho hobby like card sleeves mm. a while ago, but I never did that. I wanted to do that with the shirts so I could like give them give the sleeves out with the shirts, but it never fell through. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That honestly, like, I mean, it gets back to what you were saying. You could really put hobby on anything. Like, I, I like, you kind of have me thinking about it now, because, like, I could imagine like a hobby card shop, like that. Yeah, that could yeah. that could be an there actual are, thing. There are there are hobby card shops. Like, if you look it up, you could probably find one. Definitely. Mm. There's this uh, there's like this RC track down the street, and it's like hobby RC car. Mm. like what it's called it's funny 
it's funny. A lot of people like when they see the word hobby, they automatically think hobby lobby. Right. And it's kind of annoying <laughs> sometimes, but it's like, <laughs> fuck. I mean, have you never heard the word hobby besides hobby lobby? <laughs> <laughs> the hobby hobby. And it's funny, like lobby. today at the thrift, I was at a thrift store today and like, I feel like I hear the word hobby so much, obviously, just because it's always in my mind. But these ladies were talking about, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody has a hobby. And they're just talking about all this stuff. And it was funny, like, overhearing that. Mm. Is it almost like, um, has it almost become kind of like your name? Like, like just the word stands out to you now? Yeah, definitely. It, like, triggers something in me. <laughs> it's weird because... That's like one thing that's kind of I felt like almost the downside of having like a brand and name because any like artwork that I make is automatically going to be affiliated with hobby in people's minds now. Mm. So it's like I'm not like my personal name is almost like not as important as like the hobby name, which is fine, but it's just kind of strange because I kind of started doing art under my own name and then now it's kind of like morphed into like almost everything is going to be thought of as a hobby mm. project but it, so you're saying it's just like it's weird to to hear people say things like even even like some of my friends like when when we talk about your work we like talk about like hobby <laughs> you know what i mean like we're not talking about like solomon's work yeah yeah I mean, when it, when it is hobby, it's cool, but when it's not, it kind of feels, like, weird when, like, if I'm, like, painting something and someone's like, oh, it's, like, a hobby. It's, like, a hobby skateboard thing or something. I'm like, it's not. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really, like, phase me too much. It's just a weird aspect of it that I didn't really realize would happen. Mm. But would you like to keep those things separate? I mean, I feel like in a gallery setting, yes, but... Otherwise, it's just like whatever people are gonna say it, no matter what. So I don't really care. Right. What's your creative process like? How do you just like? I mean, obviously you use other pieces for inspiration, but do you ever just like come up with something to draw? Because I know I have trouble with that. Yeah, mostly no, like never. It's mostly just I start with a either like a random like squiggled shape or. Mm just start with a yeah i just started off and if it kind of like morphs into something then it happens but i don't really ever sit down and like oh i'm gonna draw this right plant <laughs> how do you decide like what makes it and what doesn't do you ever just have designs that you're like this is good but it's not gonna make the drop yeah so when i'm like designing screens like usually it's like a month process almost so i'll have like four different screen images and I'll be messing around and changing the layout for a few weeks until I'm comfortable with it. But I have like folders and folders of files, like hundreds and thousands of files. If it's like drawings or imagery, mm. like an archive almost, so I can go back to a scan that I did six years ago. And finally now that is making sense with something with like a graphic that I just drew the other day. Right. So it's nice to have that library to work from. Mm. How much of your stuff that you're pulling is just from your archive versus like new stuff that you just see? I mean, it's probably like a mix, like a 50-50 mix almost. What have you been up to on a daily basis just besides work? Um, 
Well, my scooter's been broken down and my truck's been broken down. So I have like this electric bike that my dad gave me as like a housewarming gift. Mm. So mostly like on my days off, I'll start by like thing in the morning when I wake up, mm. like an hour or two, get that out of the way. It's almost like a, I have to get that out of the way before I start my day. Look at the addiction list. And then, um, yeah, I ride my bike around, do some errands. Like in my neighborhood I live in, a lot of people throw away like all kinds of cool stuff. So mm. I'll be like just biking around, picking up stuff and But you're not like going through people's like like trash trash, are you? No, no, no. They'll just <laughs> put it like on the curb. On the okay. Curb, like a pile of stuff. No. I was picturing like like a like you dumpster diving. No. Oh, I've done that too, but definitely not in people's houses. <laughs> like my neighbor like two days ago, I guess he was uh, supposed to have a garage sale, but got too busy, so he just left everything outside for free. Like, like mm. a free PlayStation Two and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, it's like it's crazy what ends up turning into trash for other, for other people, right? I feel like right when like COVID was happening too, like people were like just so bored at home, so they're like just like clearing out their house and putting stuff on the <laughs> curb. So I was finding all kinds of cool stuff. Mm. How, like, packed is your house with stuff, then? Like, if you're just taking all this stuff in. Yeah. I mean, like, it's nice because I work every purpose. So, like, if, even if I pick up something, I'm like, oh, I don't really need this. I'll just bring it there. So, you right. still just bring stuff to repurpose every day. Mm. But, no, I have, like, a two-and-a-half bedroom. And, like, one of the, like, half bedrooms is, like, a office slash printing studio. And the other one is, like, full of like clothing and vintage right. and stuff but our bedroom is clean because my <laughs> right. girlfriend wants it to be clean and that's fine <laughs> do you think you're gonna stay in gainesville forever well i bought a house though so definitely yeah, for kind, a yeah. while yeah I'm kind of stuck. yeah hmm. yeah i see myself probably being here for yeah a long time it's nice since i, I bought this house so when I have like a certain amount of it paid off, I can like rent it, rent it out mm. to like a family member or a friend, right? And kind of have this as my home base, and um, book and I can like travel a lot more. How much have you been traveling? Like not at all. Um, no, not really. Mm. I mean, since COVID or since when? I don't know. Twenty tens. Um. I went to I went on a trip to Morocco. That was like my first time out of the United States, which was right. pretty intense. How how was that? Because I actually wanted to go to Morocco. It was well. I have a friend, like a mutual friend, with my girlfriend who's from Morocco, and um, she kind of just invited me, and it was really weird and interesting. The culture was definitely. Um, like they would do things that I really wouldn't understand. Like one day they had like a ceremony where they had all this goat's blood in the street, mm. like flowing through the street. And there was like this hash dealer downstairs, but he also had like this huge like candy um, <laughs> shop open, but he like lived in the this little like alleyway. And it was like weird. It was interesting though. It was this crazy like, like Prince, bar where they were singing to the women they were with to impress them it was yeah it was 
was, it was cool, but it was definitely strange. And we went to Barcelona a little bit too. Right. Barcelona is a little bit more similar to the U.S., yeah? Yeah, yeah. Was, and like we kind of like hung out like in a, like a skating culture type scene and mm. just kind of just like chilled. But um, in Morocco, we went to like all these like markets and there was all these um, like bootleg and bootleg items and stuff. So it was kind of cool. Mm. I bought some like fake Balenciaga shoes and like <laughs> just like the sweet like Louis Vuitton collared checkered shirt that I wear all the right. time still. It's fun. How do you how do you feel about like the culture of bootlegging stuff? I like it. I think it's cool. Hmm. For for me, I think it's neat because like it makes it. it I mean, as long as you're not trying to pass it off as the original. Um, yeah, there's some there's a difference between like bootlegging and like um, like fake or whatever because like yeah. you're copying the same thing. But I think it makes it accessible. Like. And again, like that's one of the things I appreciate about about your art. Like I, I would never buy a Chanel shirt, but I can buy yeah. the buy the some. And people have asked me if it's a real Chanel shirt, which is kind of crazy. Well, like I mean, all those old Chanel shirts that you see were like bootlegged in right. the '80s or whatever. I mean, it's the same exact thing. I printed it on an like an '80s '90s blank, so. Right. It's a it's a real bootleg snow shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it's just wild because like something that you don't even intend to be like a fake can become a fake like that. Yeah, yeah. Like if I was going around passing it off. <laughs> I wanted to kind of like I mean that's kind of fucked up and to a certain extent, but it's also not like I wanted to try and sell one to this uh have you ever heard like round two, that vintage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to try and sell one to them in Miami to see if they'd buy it. <laughs> Next time I go down there, right? Maybe you get like fifty bucks out of it or something. I was gonna say you probably have the experience to do something like that. Yeah, I've sold some before. It's funny, like bootleg but, yeah, stuff. Just, just like mixed. No, no, just like vintage. So like, I knew was they pay a lot for. Mm. Like mix it in with like other vintage that I bring in and see if they, right. they bite. Mm. And then once it's out there as a it's out there then they'll think it's uh legit <laughs> legit bootleg you know what's funny some of the like the some bootleg stuff is actually like becomes more expensive like than the originals like one of the things i i'm thinking of was like in at the vintage market like last year there was like there was like a scarface t-shirt and like it was like a hundred something dollars oh yeah but just like, like all those bootleg bart shirts and all that stuff yeah for money right and it's like Sometimes, in a way, like the bootleg can become more expensive than the original, which is kind of crazy. It's like the same thing, yeah, with like band tees, like, yeah. like the parking lot bootlegs and stuff. And like, I mean, sometimes the colors are a little off and right. it kind of makes it cooler, like it more unique. And there's probably less of them for sure, unless it's like a whole operation they're running. But right. I will say that, though, that it's kind of crazy, like when you see like band t-shirts that sold for probably like ten dollars a piece like going for like hundreds of dollars yeah i found this like nirvana like the super ripped up nirvana shirt not too long ago for like a dollar mm. and i sold it for like five hundred dollars on ebay and i'm like people are fucking crazy i don't understand right. no one of the i don't people, get it one of the people i work with his friend uh 
his friend went into a thrift store and like found some like old documents like uh you know bought them for like twenty dollars or something and there was like a there was like an original like newspaper uh account of like the emancipation proclamation and he sold that Uh he sold it for like seventy thousand dollars what the fuck just for just for like all these like newspapers that were like in really good condition which is kind of crazy it's crazy crazy with their money well i'm pretty sure a museum or something bought it but Okay, yeah, it's fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't, like, a, a private collector who was like, yeah, I want to put this newspaper on my wall. <laughs> I find it hard, like, even if I find something that's super valuable and, like, it fits me and I like it, like, I can't wear it. Mm. It's like, I'm going to be standing it up or ripping it. It's like, I won't be able to enjoy myself when I'm wearing it almost. If I know I can get X amount of dollars for it, I'd rather wear a either something I made or something that's worth like $5 or something. Well, and it gets back to like this, this weird thing where like, it's not in a way, it's not really worth what people, I mean, of course things are worth what people are willing to pay for them. But like, I'm pretty sure you understand what I'm saying when like, like a t-shirt is not worth $500. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So so like, I, I get what you're saying when like, if you were wearing something like that, you wouldn't be able to enjoy yourself. Like, and also, just like your lifestyle, like you're not like draped in designer when you go to work. Yeah, it's like, and it's like who in like Gainesville is gonna like appreciate it? I'm like, I don't really think. I mean, like, I feel like that like, a lot, like in high school, especially, and like in Fort Myers. Like, I'd have friends that were super into like fashion and streetwear right. and stuff, but at the end of the day, they're like, "There's no point in me wearing any of this stuff because no one even like." knows what it is or can respect it or like have a conversation right. about it with me. Like they just see it as a t-shirt and a pair of shoes. So. Right. Do you think that was like a more Fort Myers thing? Because like definitely I remember a little being, bit, a little yeah. bit more Fort Myers thing for sure, but definitely like Gainesville a little bit too, but with just like Instagram and stuff, it's changed a lot. Mm. In Gainesville. But you would never just dress in high fashion. And also like <laughs> when, when, it, when it comes to that stuff, it's like, I, I don't think it should impress people in a weird way. No, not impress, but like it can definitely be like a conversation starter or make you, I guess it can make certain people feel better about themselves. Right. But do you think that's what clothes should do? I like the aspect of like intrigue when like when you see a t-shirt, like if I saw someone wearing something that I was interested in, I, I'd go up to them and talk to them about it. And right. if they weren't wearing that shirt originally, then that might not have happened. I might not have talked to them or made that connection. Mm. So I find that like an interesting aspect of it. Right. So you're just like about the conversation starter part of it. But like also you're definitely about the art part of it, obviously. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Art can create conversation. Mm. But, us, but like personally nowadays, I like to dress a lot more like plain, like a plain shirt. Mm. Like, most of the stuff I make, I don't even wear. It's because it's a little too much going on for my taste at the moment. Really? So is Hobby just going to start selling blank shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, that would be sweet if I could make my own blanks and make them how I want to fit. It's hard to find, like, a blank tee nowadays that, like, is decent quality for the right price. Right. But also, like, I, like, printing on, like, the older tees because the quality was a lot better back then. Also, I can't imagine like you running like a factory setup, like making your own blanks. 
don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem like you. Maybe, maybe in the house one day. What's kind of the weird? What, what do you think? Like the strangest thing that you've printed on is, because you you make like these fun little like, you you do you've done like the keychain type stuff, like what oh, yeah, would you? It's pretty fun. You what did you call the, like the newest thing you did? It was like fabric. Nah, it was textile. Oh uh, yeah, like the um, those little cloth textile things or whatever. Yeah, it, it was just funny to see like uh, that you, you were just like yeah, I'm gonna be giving away textiles. <laughs> it's like it's it comes so like natural because like bringing up those little keychain shirts like originally i think it might have been at the art show you were i don't know but i had printed on like a barbie like a white blank barbie t-shirt the same graphic mm. and found like a little hanger and i hung that up with my art but yeah. I was, there was only like one of them i kind of just made one and then like randomly i was like trying to find like some type of mini t-shirts that i could buy and i came across those so it's like something I made for myself and then I realized, damn, this is kind of cool. I should like mm. try and do something with this. Did it not have that keychain like hole in it when you bought them? It did. Yeah, it did have a keychain okay. hole. It like, came gonna, as a keychain. Yeah. I was going to say like, I, I wanted to know how you made that because that seems like some, some more difficult to use technology. Yeah. I think it was like some, from some random site or eBay account that I found and they had like, 25 of them available I was like alright I'm buying them no, and with funny. the textile too it's the same thing I had like this old like napkin cloth that I had gotten from Repurpose Project it was the mm. same one but that I printed but it it was like used and I printed that horse on it and hung it up <laughs> in my room I'm like damn I should make these so I can find that exact same cloth mm. and I did and like I thought it was kind of cool I like to give away like small things too when I do drops yeah, I mean, like, well, when it comes to giving away small things, like, I've, like, the two that come to memory is this textile and then and then the little shirts. Like, what else have you given away? Or is um, this, like, a new what, thing that you're doing? I'm trying to think if there was one thing before that. Let me try and pull it up real quick. Mm. I mean, I try and give, like, stickers away for free as much as right, I right. can when I do. Do you, do um, you... Oh, socks. Like, I've done socks right. a lot in yeah. the past. Yeah. yeah. And then I did, like, these rollerblade keychains with, um like, a hobby, like, an actual key, like, embroidered, or not embroidered, um, like, etched in. It says hobby. You'd be better on it. Mm. Do you do you do the... Uh... I think that might have been, like, the first thing. Yeah. Mm. Do you do the thank you, I love you stickers? No. Um, this you guy just, like, skipped... Yeah, the schizophrenic guy Gene um, in Gainesville does them, and he's like in and out of jail and in and out of like psych wards and stuff. But I met him like a long time ago when I first moved up here. Like he was like drinking milk at a bar, mm. and he like, ended up giving us a ride home and like telling us that he was like the re- rebirth of Jesus Christ and all this stuff. Mm. But um, he makes them. He's like a, he has like a trust fund. And he makes all these stickers that promote positivity and things like that. Huh. He does like the American Turd Association. If anything right. can go well, it will. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love you. Like all that shit. Yeah, because I see I I see them everywhere, and for some reason I associated them with you for some <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I kind of like I asked him like, can I put these stickers in with like stuff that I ship out? He's like, yeah, I don't care. He just called me the other day randomly. He's like a definitely a weird dude but he's like i just got a, i just got baker acted and 
I just got out, blah, 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 but it a, definitely has a weird history in Gainesville. Mm. But, like, would you say... I kind of almost took it from him. <laughs> <laughs> I made right. it my own, almost. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> 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 I remade, like, I remade it, the, the kind of the sticker, and it says, Hobby, you owe, in the same font. Right. In the same layout. So it's kind of like I put a twist on it, but I also put those in my sticker mm. packs when I send them out. Maybe that's why I associated with you, because I think I have that one in particular. Yeah. And he leaves like stacks of them around at like thrift stores and stuff. So I'll just like take the whole stack or he'll come <laughs> in a repurpose project and give me like stacks of them. So I can send this another thing to add in for free that people like. And it's a good message. It's like, yeah, right. thank you. <laughs> it's also kind of like, it's kind of iconic. Because like, I, oh yeah. I mean, like, you see them everywhere. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, because like, I just, I like, I don't even have the sticker near me, but like, I can just remember the phrase or, or like the, if anything can go well, it will. Like, yeah. And they're like high quality stickers too. They After are. After I saw those, I'm like, damn, like that's like I get like them made through the same person he gets them made through because they're actually screen printed on like vinyl, mm. so they last throughout the weather and stuff. But the quality on them's really good. Mm. But he just probably used like a generic font and just typed it in, and it's like worked out. Right, but it's crazy. Like, I mean, like I can't speak to how much thought he put into it, but like, it's crazy how something that seems like low effort can kind of be <laughs> artful. Yeah. And repetition too definitely helps. Right, for sure. I mean, that's I saw, something like because yeah. he makes the um thank you or he makes the um if anything can go well well stickers also. Right. And I saw like someone the other day had like a bootleg version of that on their car. It was like a, a different font and like a different <laughs> color, and it's definitely not him. He definitely didn't make it. But I was like, to him, he's <laughs> <laughs> getting bootlegged already. Hmm. For the longest time, I I was living my life thinking those were yours, but now. <laughs> It's kind yeah, of like the people are like, oh, I love those stickers, and I was like, sometimes they're like, oh, thank you, but you should be like, no, those aren't mine. But would you ever collab with him? Um, actually, I was gonna try and help him make some shirts a while ago, mm. but it might be a possibility in the future. Right. He's got like a weird history with like. Uh, being arrested and stuff so i don't know if i want to get like too involved with him that's so funny not not that not it's not funny that he was arrested but it's the (laughs) just like the story of of those stickers um and he made like these pens too like these pens that would be everywhere i forget what they used to say in them but i think it was like american charity association or something he has a website you can look up i think what's it called I think it's American Turd Association. Okay. I'm a child. Uh, column or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I run into him all the time. Like, it's like he'll be biking around or he'll call me or he'll... I mean, he used to support Repurpose Project back in the day. Um, like, when they first started, before I worked for them, he would help them, like, cover rent if they were low right. because he had this trust fund to back up onto and he wanted to put the money into something good. So... Mm. He definitely helped out. I haven't found the website, but I found uh, he tra- <laughs> like he he trademarked this. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It's kind of crazy. I think. Wow, this is like as far back as like 2003, maybe. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, he does like, he does like music shit too, which is like, it's so crazy. I have like a CD. He used to like hand out these like, um, like 9-11 conspiracy DVDs and all these conspiracy DVDs at like bars and stuff. Right. You should be able to see the pen on the image shirts. No, yeah. I just I just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, it sucks the website's not up anymore. American Turd Association. It's funny, there's just like significant money in this. I didn't think it was like a like a whole operation. But he just like puts money into it and doesn't make anything out of it. Like right. he probably drained his whole um like trust fund making stickers and pens like because they're not cheap to make i mean yeah and he's like making like tens of thousands at a time i kind of feel bad in a way oh damn it looks like he's selling them on he has like a website let me... if anything can go well it will dot org okay let me check this out that is most unfortunate i'll see if i can find you one active you find it? Oh, I did. I did. I see the transcendental medication sticker. Those are his new ones that he just made. I was like say, probably I a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. He has like some music. I don't know if you could be able to find his YouTube, but he has like some like music video he did about Leonard Peltier, some guy that was like um, wrongly arrested. Mm. And like some other songs. Yeah, no, they are expensive because he's selling 50 large ones for $40. Yeah. I mean, they're probably like at least a quarter or 50 cents each to make. They're right. not cheap. This this website's kind of funny in some ways. It used to be a lot like more crude, like how it was right. like laid out and everything back in the day. It was like almost like an HTML website. Right. It's just he's got like a, on his video references he's got like Bob Proctor like power positive thinking guy. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a good person for your interview. I could probably hook it up. If you're interested? <laughs> no, I, I would be interested. I don't know. You've talked to him. Like, is he is he easy to talk to? Oh, he definitely rambles on, but he's like, I think you could definitely like reel him in. Hmm. He's a. Uh... Nah, yeah, I actually, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to ask you that before. I just said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might not be good. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking forward to most? In life, or just in the future, like the next five years or something. Hmm. Um. like i'm looking forward to making my house as comfortable as it can be right and making it as easy as it can be to create art within my house so right pretty much the next step you know i feel like a lot of like my like stresses have kind of gone away since i bought Mm. this house because just financially wise i i mean i still have a mortgage but I feel like my money's not just being thrown out the window. Right. So the oh, work I do, like right the work right. I do do, like in the money I do make for hobby, I feel like it's going towards this instead of just kind of like disappearing. Mm. 
you so mean another, like, like inspiration yeah me. you mean like rent wise mm-hmm. mm. yeah and definitely rent's gonna start going up in Gainesville for sure it already is mm. but you know as far as like the things that you say like you're looking forward to like I, I've talked to a, a few people you know and like ask them like what they want to do like what they're interested in and what they're excited for and it's always like some like grand project right but like it's it's so cool to hear somebody just say like that they're interested in just like like simple things because like i don't know people just like seem to not not that it's a problem to dream but like uh some people like don't figure out like their their situation first before like moving on to other things yeah yeah i felt pretty like grateful with like moving to gainesville and like all the opportunities i've had and like even just going to santa fe and learning kind of what i was into before right just jumping into like a, a uf type situation and mm. i feel like i'm comfortable kind of living how I'm living for a while at least I mean I definitely like to travel a little bit but I'm also a homebody right. and I like to have my routines that I do I'm comfortable doing my day-to-day things I enjoy that and yeah just keeping it simple would you say that you're generally just like a happy person I feel like yeah um I've definitely gone through like waves of depression it definitely still happens mm. But for the most part, I'm pretty um, positive in certain ways. Right. And try and enjoy the small things and enjoy just like day-to-day activities. Mm. Well, we've been going at it for a while. <laughs> so I'll let you... edit some of that stuff out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. With any questions or comments, feel free to email industryplant at industryplant.co. See you in another two weeks.